You're only a loser if you don't learn from your mistakes. That's how we are going to start Picks and Pizza this week. I'm Joe Giglio, joined by Josh Goodson, RTP Mortgages. Josh Goodson, we'll give you a free, a free plug here to start. First one's always free, right? <laughs> give him the first taste for free. Um, listen, uh, we, we lost both of our best bets last week. We, we started the college football season. I started with a, a loss with New Mexico State and UMass. UMass has 15 Power 5 transfers. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> have you researched any of that since then? Have you have you gone down? At like, I, I'm going to ask you this in a little bit, what UConn's roster looks like, because they yeah. could be a very similar type. Let's make sure we don't make the same mistakes. And and that's fine. I'm okay with losing the first game of the year. It's probably not a great sign. Uh, I'm okay with losing the first game of the year if it means we learn from it. So you had Vanderbilt, who was in a fight with Hawaii in the first half. They They were covering in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they came out in the second half. They really started to assert themselves. I'm just going to say this. I, I knew I knew New Mexico State was dead when the, one of Clemson's former quarterbacks was their quarterback for right. UMass. Done. And I, I texted you, I told, and I even tweeted, I said, take UMass on the live line right now. <laughs> because we've seen this in college basketball. It's going to be interesting to see how it applies to college football. Sure. But in college basketball, we've seen guys from like Drexel and Lehigh and Radford come to the ACC and be successful, right? For the most part, without saying Jack Chambers' mm-hmm. name, when a guy comes up and tries to play in the ACC, doesn't go great. Right. Doesn't go great. But you go the other way. If Clemson's, you know, backup shows up in, and he also stopped at Georgia Tech. If he shows up at UMass, yeah, I got news for you. <laughs> that guy and Ralph Russo, AP writer, tweeted this. He's like, yeah. He looks like a a transfer from Clemson who was dropped into a UMass uniform and is now playing New Mexico State and is running roughshod all over them. The, big, so, the, fastest, the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, it, it was an immediate, yeah. oh, shit, I made a mistake. Immediate. Yeah. And that's where, kids, on this gambling podcast, I will say to you, the live line will come in handy. Yes. In this particular instance, we're still in the state of North Carolina, we're waiting for January for it to be legalized here. In this particular instance, I had already placed the bet. I, pre- I call those pre-flop bets. Made it with Bennett Johnson, who's going to join us in a little bit. Made that bet, and there's no way to change it. You, you own it, you eat it, you move on. Um, yours was a little bit different, but something interesting happened from that Hawaii-Vanderbilt game. And that was this. Now, Hawaii scored twice in the fourth quarter. We call those backdoor covers if you're completely new to gambling, right? And yeah, you said and, Vandy's favored by 17 and a half. They're covering. You're feeling good. Um, you think it, if they had just kind of, you know, foot on the neck, it's over. Instead, Hawaii scored two scores in the fourth quarter, I believe in the final eight minutes mm-hmm. to cover. And now you're going, well, maybe that's just bad luck. Maybe that's bad coaching. Here's Tim Chang from Hawaii. Okay. Their coach who used to be their outstanding quarterback. This is a quote from the, he was on Visid, which is a gambling site. The quote, I pay attention. We are 17 and a half point underdogs, and the line is moving to 18, as well as three and a half wins, which would be their season total. 
I tell the guys, this is what they think of us as a team. Yeah. Are you okay? I'm I'm down with Tim Chang being like, you know what? Let's do not, it. Not only did he not did he know the point spread, he gave the terms the line is moving to 18. Like he went like degenerate like style, like where we know what that is. We know what that that or I was if anything, I was surprised he didn't go the next layer and says, like, looks like the money's coming in on the other side, you know, but just the fact that he used the terminology the line's moving. I'm in on coaches doing that, and I don't. I don't know why coaches don't talk about it more often. Like, we we forget we deal with um, college kids, and college kids like anything can motivate them. Like a, a, a girlfriend can motivate them, or 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 on the on the flip side, if he, if he had a bad night with a girlfriend, he's going to come out and not be good. If you tell people that you stink, what are they going to do? They're probably going to fight for you. And if you talk about it openly. Uh, I'm surprised more coaches don't talk about it more openly, to be honest with you, from a from a motivation standpoint. Um, and also coaches just being aware of, like, screw that. Like, if we're not going to win, we're going to win in the, in, the, in the checkbook, and we're going to screw some people who took Vandy. So uh, that was my next question for you. How close do you think we are as more, st- more and more states legalize gambling? And it becomes more and more normalized, and, you know, we've come so far in even the last 10 years, never mind the last 30, 20, 30 years, right? Used to be taboo. Poor Jimmy the Greek was was hired to talk about gambling on on the CBS NFL show, but couldn't talk about gambling. But he he would make his predictions in a very calculated way, though. So shouts to to the the true legend there. Um, how close do you think we are to a fan base? Let's just use NC State as an example, okay? Yeah. Dave Dory goes eight and four for the rest of his life against uh, go you know straight up goes eight and four. The rest of his life, sure. but goes twelve and zero, eleven and one, ten and two. ATS. Are you, as someone who gambles and is an NC State fan, like, hey, you know what? I'm okay with that. Uh, part of me would say yes. A lot of state fans would not like that because there's a lot of state fans who are in the emotional hedge part of the conversation yeah. that they. They'll like uh, our friend uh, Chung is 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 classic for this. It's like, hey, he I'm lost gonna do so this I'm basketball gonna, season and he was happy about it. I'm gonna do my job today. I'm gonna take UConn 14 and a half this week. That way, I'm all right. Like if I lose money because UConn covers, or or if I win money because UConn covers, or if I lose money because State comes out and wins by 40, great. I got. I could see it on the other end where coaches, like some fan bases, would be like, "Come on, man! Like, win! Like, we're not win, win some games, but yeah, uh, it, it will be something to track that you know that more fans will probably become more aware of, for sure." So you and I know all the things about gambling. Yeah. Do you know who doesn't? Our friend Bennett Johnson. So Bennett was in Michigan last week. Well, he just doesn't know how technology. I think. Right. Or is it or is it the actual function of what you were trying to get him to do? No, he he. sometimes we forget. And I think that's part of this podcast is we're trying to educate people for real. I mean, part of this podcast is for me to get a sponsorship with, with FanDuel, right, or DraftKings or whoever. Uh, but a, a big part of this podcast is like, hey, we're start gambling in, in, in North Carolina legally. And this is how people are going to handle it. And here's some terminology that people aren't familiar with. And, and here's how you place a bet that some people aren't familiar with. Uh, but. I want to bring Bennett on, our friend Bennett Johnson from the Heaster Automotive Group. There he is. He knows I'm about to slander him. And so before I do that, I just, first of all, thank you for getting my action in for me, even though I knew it was doomed. 
from the start. <laughs> but I was just saying to people like Josh and I, and, and apparently Timmy Chang, <laughs> understand gambling terminology and how things work. But that that you got a little bit of an education uh, on your trip to play in the uh, the Ally Invitational Pro Am, didn't you? Yeah, it's, it's you know I could literally could have got slandered to death. So thank you for lightly uh, wording the errors that we're getting ready to talk about. But it is interesting because obviously lifetime sports fan, lifetime following Vegas lines and never honest, honest truth have never placed a real bet in Vegas through a friend of a friend through an app, nothing. So like you're talking about, you're like, Hey man, you're in Michigan. It's legal there. Jump on FanDuel and you start sending me bets. And when you start going to place the bets as someone who's never done that, and you're getting ready to push the button to send a hundred dollars or a fifty dollar or a twenty dollar bet. You're like, wait a minute, do I really know what I'm doing? And all of those numbers. It's not my money I'm playing with. <laughs> it's not like all the fake money that I've been winning on. It's, it's real dollars. So you want to feel confident, uh, which I I think is great for for you and Josh to educate your viewers. Yeah. Is when you're getting ready to place this bet at fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. What am I really gambling on? Am I saying I want this team to score a lot of points? I want this team to win by a certain amount? Or like what you were just talking about the NC State line, I think it's 14 and a half. Hey, of course, if I'm an NC State fan, I want them to just win by one point. Well, if you're betting on NC State, you want them to win by 15 or more points. So just that little bit of discrepancy can be difficult if you've never actually placed bets. And obviously, come January, a lot of people in North Carolina would be in that same boat. Do you want me to tell Josh the mistake that you made? You can you can tell mistake. everybody the mistake. Okay. So Josh, when I I told Bennett to put money on the on the uh, New Mexico State, I took I I tailed you on Vandy too. Yeah. Had, you know, one ten to to win a hundred. He he bet to win one ten, and then mm. when I was and I was trying to like play a little sprinkle golf action, he's like, "You don't have any money left." I'm like. I don't, the math is not working here, Bennett. He's like, oh, I thought it was weird that you were trying to win $110. It's called the juice, baby. It's called the juice. Ah, the juice. The juice is definitely loose. All right. You also, Bennett, are joining us because this is a very important gambling point. Why do we overthink things? Let's review on the Champions Tour. You went and played in a a Pro-Am. And we kind of said, like, well, who's your partner? And your partner was... VJ, <laughs> VJ Singh, and we were like, "Well, let's just take VJ. Let's take a scratcher." He was what thirty-eight to one, thirty-five to one. I think at the time, uh, Goodson thirty-eight to one. No, yeah. I, I think I've got the text message. Yeah, Goodson has a receipt of a thirty-eight uh, to one. We said how last week, Bennett, and you said Bernhard Longer to win the Ally, and Josh was like, Wait, well, "Let's just take your guy." 38 to one is just a ridiculous. That's a good number. That's a good pre flop, like champions tour number. And I believe this is what Bennett said. Uh, Marco Mira says, do not take BJ this week. Don't take BJ. Even though he's won three times here before. Don't overthink it, Bennett. <laughs> that, that was a direct quote on the ninth tee box there at Warwick Hills in Grand Blanc, Michigan. And Really, let's circle back to the plus 3,800. So if you're new to gambling and you see that number, you're like, okay. If you didn't know VJ Singh and you weren't golf fans like we were, you would think, okay, that guy has no chance to win. 
But he on tour has been playing. For, he he told me verbatim, I've been playing terrible. It's been I've had putting problems. I can't make putts. You know, I'm getting on the green, but I just can't make enough birdies to compete with the guys that are birdying. But if you look at just that number, all you would see is, hey, here's a guy that's not playing good on tour. But if you know golf and you know how to gamble, you might investigate and do a little homework like Julio did not do for his college football week. Correct. You were working on our homework this week. We're trying <laughs> to learn from our mistakes. Ben. So if you look, if you do a little bit of homework, you think, okay, so let's talk about VJ Singh and let's talk about the conditions of that course. So first of all, I played with the guy. I'm watching him hit 310, 320-yard drives. I watched him hit every green, and he felt so comfortable on those greens during the Pro-Am, he didn't even putt out every putt. Actually, And what he was doing was he knew where the holes would be, and they actually traditionally are pre-marked holes. If you've ever been to a PGA Tour event during the practice rounds, they'll have dots on the green where the holes will be, and it'll be color-coordinated. Like yellow will be, hey, here's Thursday's pin. Red will be Friday's pin. Purple will be Sunday, so on and so forth. So he's played there. I can't remember how many times. I think he said he's played 15 or 16 professional events there. So he knows those greens. So all he did was he was hitting what he thought would be, hey, this will be my Friday shot. Hey, I need to hit it actually front left, even though the pin's on the back You're right. making Josh down. more mad right now. You should probably just stop now. Before. <laughs> so um, I mean, good course knowledge, uh, bombs it, wet, wet conditions. So no, like. You got Bernard Longer out there who's no, none of those Jerry Kellys are hitting at 220 and not getting any rollout over there. So you're, you're going to tell me now that BJ was primed to win, even though you told us that. I, I can tell you right now that on Sunday when I was watching the last eight holes of that event, I was thinking, oh my goodness, how did we not just bury the mortgage on BJ to win? It was so obvious because he's a great Sometimes. iron player. He knew the greens, and he's the only player in the event that could carry at 320. Occam's razor, man. It's great. It's a great tool to use in gambling. The most obvious answer, the easiest answer is the answer. Uh, Bennett, I'm glad we learned this lesson together, though, and I appreciate you. And, and get a quick, get some quick love in there for the Heaster Automotive Group. Get off Keister, get down to Heaster. Go check out Bennett. He's got something for you, right? Yeah, come down and see us. We're excited about um, the fall. Fall is a good time. We got a lot of people that love to go tailgates at all the, not just NC State, but we got tons of Carolina customers, tons of Duke customers. They do tailgate at Wallace Way. Uh, tons of tons of our good friends down in Greenville. Uh, we got yeah. the best way to do it. If you've never tailgated with a nice big SUV, like a Wagoneer, Suburban, or a Silverado, it's awesome. Pull up, plenty of room for your friends, hang out. If you're going to Greenville, good luck. God bless you. <laughs> you got a road race coming up too, right? Yes, we do. Thank you, Julio. So yeah. um, October 14th at Fuquay Marina High School, we have the Heaster Cares Foundation annual 5K. Last year, we raised about $80,000 for a great cause called the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Basically, what this group does is they pay the local salaries for the individuals who will take your call if you're in an unfortunate situation and feel like you need to speak to someone urgently, can dial a, dial a star, three-digit number. One of these wonderful people will pick up. This foundation pays those salaries. So this year we're hoping to raise $100,000. Every dollar that we get goes right to them. We cover all the expenses. Um, we're lucky that John's a very charitable person, wants to cover all the expenses. So all that money goes right to them. So it's October 14th, Fuquay Arena High School. I'll give you a different website. I usually say heisterautomotive.com. Today, go to heistercares.com, H-I-E-S-T-E-R, the word cares.com. 
you can sign up, donate. It's really, really fun. Last year we had like 150 racers. We're hoping for over 200 this year and um, spots are going quick. So jump online and register for our race. All right. Bennett Johnson. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon and, and we'll get you educated before January. Don't worry. Just stick with us. All right. Happy betting in week one, boys. Thank you. Go Pirates. That was that was the other bet that uh Heaster that Heaster that Bennett got down for me this week. ECU plus 35 and a half. So I got it over the over the hook there. So I was I was happy about that. So let's get into some bets. I want to get into some bets this week on building on that lesson. Let's stick with what we know. Let's get a bet from the state UConn game, which is Thursday. You're headed up to Hartford tonight. Yep. You'll be there tomorrow for the game. Let's get something to take on the Carolina Carolina game down in Charlotte. And let's get something from Monday's trip from Clemson to Durham, Clemson at Duke. And then we'll go, we'll do this each week. We'll do once a week. We'll do a best bet, one best bet, right? So we're, yep. we're starting the year 0-1. You see it on the screen here. I'm flashing it. Uh, you, you have it. And we're not going to be one of those podcast gambling shows that doesn't include our record. We will definitely do that. Remember, we both have money, though, carried over from the golf season. So that's good. It's okay to lose one football bet at one unit, which is a standard $100 bet. We're okay with that. Uh, but you, at some point, you want to win some of these bets. So let's do that this week. Let's get into those games. Then we'll get to our best bet. But first, I've already mentioned it. We have a new sponsor this week. Look at that. Our DP mortgage. That's you. That's Josh Goodson. What what matters here, Josh? Tell me what matters. Uh, Tell me what you need people to do. Because the biggest I see an MLS number there. I think I feel like legally I'm supposed to say that, but well, you're supposed to say it in like really fast, fast like at the end. Meets, right? Okay. NMLS, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, phone number two five two. Eastern North Carolina area code. If you're like, where is that from? Obviously, Eastern North Carolina, 252-361-1415. If you're buying a house, you need a mortgage. Um, realtors get all the fun part of the home process, right? They get to show you the fancy pool, the nice stove, the bonus room. You got to get the debt from somebody. You got to get the mortgage from somebody. That's me. I take care of people here locally. Uh, reach out. Give me a call. Shoot me a DM on Twitter. Whatever's easiest for you, and we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. All right, again, that's rtpmortgage.com for those not watching on the YouTubes. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or the Googles, appreciate you. Make sure you're following, download, subscribe, all those good things, five stars only. But so let's let's talk just for one more second here about this about this market, Josh, because I know it's tough right now. But yeah, that doesn't mean you just just as I say on the OG about copiers plus, like you don't know what you don't know. So you should really know your options. And if you're thinking about refinancing, if you're thinking about ways to get money out of your number one investment, which is your home, mm -hmm. you really should reach out to Josh Goodson, RTP Mortgage. Again, that number is 252-361-1415. Or do the smart thing. Go to rtpmortgage.com. All right, let's get into these games this week. You're listening to Picks and Pizza. I'm Joe Giuliano, joined by Josh Goodson, RTP Mortgage. He is a Carolina grad who is a state fan. He's married to an ECU grad. So you got everything covered. And I think that's an important lesson to learn this week after I lost money on New Mexico State. Let's let's just let's just stick to the rivers and lakes that we're used to here. Yeah. And I think for this, we're we're hyper local. So I want to go through our local teams. State, Carolina, Duke. 
Let's get one bet from each game. Uh, it's okay if we duplicate that bet. I, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine to have a consensus. Mm-hmm. But let's start with the state game Thursday night at UConn. NC State beat UConn last seven thirty. You're going to be there in person. This game's at East Hartford. It's in the middle of like an airfield. Mm-hmm. UConn has no discernible home field advantage, um, so that's important to kind of understand and know. There probably will be a decent patch of red there as well, so that you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, I am curious. The number for this game is 14 and a half mm-hmm. without giving away my answer. I don't love that number. Total is 46 and a half. So total, if you're unfamiliar, so 14 and a half, again, while we're educating means NC State needs to win by 15 points or more for you to win the bet. If NC State wins by seven, no good. NC State wins by 14, no good. That means you lost by the hook. You did not cover. You did not cover. You need to win by 15 or more for you to win your bet. Total 46 and a half means you need more either you either go over, which you believe there'll be 47 points scored between the two teams or the total points scored, or you believe they'll be under 46 points scored. Uh, I I have a play on on that involves the total, but I'm gonna let you go first for this game since you'll be there. And since this is NC State, I should also qualify. I do not bet on NC State. I have not bet on NC State since I lost a large sum of money on the NC State Vanderbilt NCAA tournament game in 2005. Was it four? It was four. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to overthink this. Okay. Do you remember last year when State went down to Greenville? I think that number was like 10. Yes. It was like 10 or so, right? And only the only thing that anyone can remember from that game is obviously the end. And I'm not saying you shouldn't remember that, but the end, East Carolina missed the field goal. Uh, some would say they should have won the game, right? Sure. You know what happened. I also was there for the whole game. And if you were there for the whole game and for three quarters of it, state dominated. They were up by 14 and a half and then sat on it in the second half and basically allowed ECU to come back into it. And ECU is a team that's not going to quit against NC State. Okay. You're not going to have that issue with UConn. UConn does not – they'll get up for the game, but there's not the deep hatred of the game. State's defense is better this year, um, and I don't think you go get a guy like Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong without some semblance of, like, we can't do what we did last year. Wait, did you just say State's defense is better this year? That's – listen to Tony Gibson. Best, better defensive line. He's thinking they, they could be better than they were last year. Okay. So – even if they're not, they're still going to be very good. They're going to be a very Absolutely. good strength of the team. Yes. They'll be the best unit on the field Thursday night. Um, I don't think you go get Robert and I and Brandon Armstrong without learning your lesson of last year of, hey, we can't just go get 20 points and then hope the other team doesn't get 21. Right. Like we need to, you know, you make those changes and try to get a little bit more damn dynamic and aggressive so you can take the pressure off of your defense. Yeah. Um, it ranked 94th nationally in scoring last year. They were abysmal. I don't love the number. Like, I, of course, it was if it was 13 and a half, feels like that's like a, oh, that, bring it to me. But I'm going to lay state with the 14 and a half. It's maybe, I'll say this, it's a slight tinge of a homer pick, but I I trust the defense. I don't know how UConn's going to score. And I think state's going to go out there and try to get things going. And I don't think they're going to try to hide and put stuff, you know, not put stuff on tape for Notre Dame next week because they need to get going. They need to be ready for Notre Dame. They need to have the, the, the juices flowing as the got me. 
Yeah, I agree. I think NC State's defense is the best unit on the field. That that's why I'm going to bet on NC State's defense. UConn's team total yeah. is 15 and a half. I'm going to take UConn's under of their team total under 15 and a half for this game because I think that's the safest play to make. I, I think State wins. I don't think they cover the the two total touchdowns yeah. more than the two touchdowns. Let's go to the game that's down in Charlotte, South Carolina versus North Carolina. These are South Carolina has been in this game seemingly 12 times in the last 20 years, and they've won it 12 times in the last 20 years, whether it's state, whether it's ECU, whether it's UNC, this is a game, the Gamecocks show out for. Uh, so I'm going to make my pick first and I, I I'm taking South Carolina on the money line. Uh, if, if there's two ways to bet, obviously you can bet against the spread or you can bet on the money line. South Carolina is a small favorite. Uh, just plus 115, meaning if you bet $100, you win 115 So I'm taking South Carolina on the money line to win this game. It's not that I don't think Carolina is any good. I, I think they are. I think their offense is going to be really good. I think this is just the difference between the SEC and the ACC. And I think South Carolina wins this game. I like that play. Um, I'm taking the over. 64 and a half. It's a big number. It's a big number, but I, I don't care. Like uh, Drake May's really good. Like really, 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 really good, and I think that they're gonna, I think they're gonna still be fine on offense, and they'll be able to get enough. I guess is what I'm getting at. All right, let's get to Duke and Clemson. Uh, Clemson comes to the Triangle Monday night. They'll be in Durham, one of those national spotlight games. Duke surprised everyone last year in Mike Elko's first year. They won nine games. Uh, super impressive. They have many of their same starters back from the offensive line. They have. That Riley Leonard, their outstanding quarterback back, and he is the type of quarterback that you need to have, i.e. someone who can run, who can beat Clemson. The number in this game is 13, Josh. I'll let you make the first pick on this one. Clemson's defense is going to be the best unit on the field. Clem- and uh, Duke cannot imitate Clemson's defense in practice. And they didn't see it at all last year either. That's part of the other thing with their schedule. They didn't see a fast athletic defensive that you know a team that was just so much more superior talent wise don't overthink it will shipley back in north carolina i think he's going to run all over them i like clemson you know to cover lay the 13 there's going to be more clemson fans there than duke fans yeah. it's a monday night um i just when clemson's bigger faster stronger better team rarely do they run into these like upset scenarios for the most part I think everyone's going to look back at the last two years and regret not getting Clemson while they were down. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney is stubborn and he still really hasn't gone into the portal and, and made the moves that you need to make now in, in 2023, but he did go and get an offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley. And the last time he did this, he went and got Chad Morris. It completely changed the trajectory of Clemson football after the last two years uh, of not having good innovative play calling. I think you're going to see a world of difference from Clemson's offense. I don't think they're going to embarrass Duke, but I do see them winning this game by three scores. And I do think they'll cover the number. So we are in agreement here. Clemson minus 13. All right. I feel better now. I do feel better. Uh, But let's get a best bet. Let's get a best bet because, you know, we can't resist the rest of the card, right? We could sit here and claim we have discipline, which is important knowing your limits, losing what you can afford to lose is an important lesson to know before you get into sports gambling. Uh, but you know, you can't resist the rest of the cards. Let's pick one. Let's call this our lock, our RTP mortgage lock of the week, if you will. Lock it in, lock in that rate. 
at rtpmortgage.com. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pick first because I think we have different games here. I'm gonna give you a play high noon Saturday. You're gonna get a win early. That's, Start that's your game the right way. Feeling. That's always a good feeling to it. Don't overthink it. Who are you saying it might be the worst team in the ACC? I'd be surprised if Virginia wins more than one football game this year. Yes. Talent deficient. I, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They're going to be bad. You know who they open with on Saturday? They open at Tennessee, who does have a significant home field advantage and a significant talent advantage. Huge talent advantage. That offense beat Alabama last year. Like if you beat Alabama, then you and then you also didn't they Tennessee beat Clemson bad too, right? In the in the Orange Bowl, like. With a different quarterback, yeah. With the one who's going to start opening with the that one that's start. Clemson is not. I mean, Tennessee is not going to skip a beat. The number's twenty-eight. The it's number great. is that big for a reason. You don't often see a number that big between two Power Five teams. You just don't see it. Like playing, you know, major Power Five teams. Twenty-eight Tennessee, and I'll, I'll give I'll give the people at home a little bit of thing uh, more advice. Take a Tennessee sampler. You're like, Josh, what is that? Like, is that a gambling term? No, it's just something I kind of made up. But the sampler is like, I want you to get a little bit of everything. Any Tennessee-related bet, you can play bet it. So first quarter. First quarter, Tennessee. To first quarter, half. First half and team totals. This probably – so the, the way the lines are and the number is, uh, Tennessee's team total is probably 42. I think they're going to hang 50 on Virginia. Like, they're, they, they – have it probably the, one of the best offenses in the country. Virginia does not have the talent, the speed, athleticism. Don't overthink it. 28, lock it in. Rocky top. All right. For my best bet, I'm going to try to apply a lesson that we've learned. Okay. I, I, first of all, I like ECU. And I don't know. This is just tangential. I get it. I like ECU. The numbers are 36 now. I, I understand what Michigan is. I also just know ECU is a team that fights. Uh, straight up, that's a team that fights. So give me all those points. I'm intrigued all of a sudden by UMass at Auburn. Oh. But to your point, maybe maybe it's just New Mexico State stinks. Maybe we should just, just you know what? Sometimes you, you lose a bet and you realize, you know what? I can just watch. I, I don't need to play this one, right? Yes. I am intrigued by UMass, but this is where you, you just take a pass because you don't really know. What we do know, though, is Tim Beck is, is not a creative play caller. Uh, he's in a situation now at, at Coastal Carolina where they had success and they probably liked their previous coach and they have a quarterback back and I know all of those things. There's a transition though there that we've seen sometimes with a first-year guy who is not replacing somebody was fired, right? Coastal Carolina's coach went to Liberty. So this wasn't like a situation where you know Tom O'Brien's coming in for a three-win Chuck Amato or Dave Doran's coming in and, you know, Actually, this might be a Dave Doran case where you're coming in replacing a guy who the players actually like, but the administration was like, eh, I'm not so sure about this guy. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is not all transitions in first years are clean. This is Coastal Carolina going out to UCLA. This is purely a, this is Chip Kelly, considered the father of modern spread offense versus Tim Beck. So I like it. I hate to fade the guy and just disrespect him the way that I am right now. But I'm going Chip Kelly minus 14 and a half at home, even though they don't have a great home field advantage. I think UCLA has got more talent. I think Chip Kelly's a better coach. I think I'm going to lay the points with UCLA. New feature alert. Riley Dunn, 
Groove Wagon, fantasy guru, gambling guru. <laughs> Lofty title. I like Makes that. Makes <laughs> total sense for you. you. You've joined us each week the last two weeks on the OG podcast. So we appreciate you for that. But this feels like a real, pardon the pun here, groove. Yeah, it's for to you. get into it. Yep. So I'm going to have you on each week. One of your specialties is daily fantasy. Yeah, I, and, I, I, do, I do consider myself something of a daily specialist. Okay. And quite frankly, I don't know jack shit about daily fantasy. <laughs> so I, I find that as, that's a niche. And I've already had people, and I'm not trying to pump your tires here. I've already had people reach oh, out to you me. You feel free to pump the tires, I, man. <laughs> I've already had people reach out to me like, like this guy is like, who is this guy? Like, he's like super smart. Like, where did you find this guy? Like, he knows what he's talking about. And then I've had other people like, I don't care about fantasy. Yeah. But that guy is interesting as hell. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know how like I could find a cheesesteak? I can find the good pizza place. <laughs> I could find the right CBD seltzers. I can find people who are interesting to talk about gambling, talk about fantasy sports. So that'll be your groove, right? Not to pigeonhole you, but that's a that's a thing I know nothing about. And I'm interested in sharing with our audience because I do think, and you're a little bit younger. So I'm 48. You're a little bit younger. I do think there are people your age who are totally into that. Yep. Again, not my wheelhouse. So I'm awesome to have you for that. And Man, I appreciate you for that. I love being here. Cannot say enough good things about this. Uh, you hit me up anytime in addition to being something of a sharp, uh, <laughs> you know, I love the sound of my own voice. Sure. So feel free to <laughs> These are all good things. hit me up anytime you want. And I want to hear how your draft turned out because I want everybody in the viewing audience to know your boy did not text the king to get some notions in place you're raw dogging it let's see what <laughs> happened i want to know i want to know how this turned out okay all right so here's the thing i am a person in gambling that i do not do well when i tell other people okay like you could show me your record and you'd be like i've won 78 percent of my bets classic tout stuff and yeah. i will take two of your three bets and I will pick two of the three losers. Yep. And then, you know, the other guy will come back and say, well, you didn't take all of them. And then this is the system. You got to play the system. I, I don't like riding other people's coattails. I struggle with that. The second part of that is I enjoy immensely being right. Uh. <laughs> so while this is my, I'm, I'm down to one fantasy league. I'm only in one league. So there, there's money involved. Yes, that is important to me. But being right is more important to me than winning. Does that make any sense? It completely makes sense. Uh, at some point, we'll get into the time that I spent three months absolutely destroying Las Vegas sports books, destroying poker, rolling all of it onto Floyd Mayweather, minus 180, minus 210, somewhere in that range, won about $18,000 and ended up that night getting so drunk that the duffel bag it was actually a Hasselblad camera bag um got stolen and uh yeah honestly did you get it back fuck no <laughs> uh no 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 just des dead ass lost all of it however honestly i don't regret it as much as you would think cuz i was fucking right and everybody, ah. everybody in <laughs> their dog was like, I don't know. I think Manny has a real chance. I was like, eh, it's just going to be a boring ass grind out decision the same way that every other Floyd fight in history has been. Give me 
the mortgage on this and it works. I, I can understand caring about being right more than the money itself. I get that. Okay. All right. So this is the premise I'm working from, but I did ask you my first pick and I feel like we were okay. Oh, super. Okay. With Jamar. All right. So, yeah. so I'm in this fantasy league. There's 12 team. It's 12 team league full PPR. They just changed the scoring this year to be, it is now basically a standard ESPN scoring league. Whereas before the yardage was minimal, like it was completely disproportionate to the, to people who caught high volume pass catchers. Okay. So Jamar chase, my number one pick number one overall. Okay. It's also a keeper league. Okay. So there were some people kept like Justin Fields. I was all on board with you with Justin Fields this year as somebody who's going to have a fantastic fantasy season. He was kept. Couldn't have him. Justin Herbert's another guy. I don't know where you fall on him, but my brother-in-law has had him now for a third straight year because he took him as an 18th round pick his rookie year. Yeah, and actually, I, I quite like um, the prospects of the Chargers bounce back. It's a health thing with a lot of them, um, but having Kellen Moore, I quite like. And also, uh, Herbert just generally is a crazy talented guy, so I get that. All right, so... While we're doing this, oh wait, real fast, I got to yeah. plug the King's line because here it comes. Few, I'm about to pull it up. Right, hold up, because a few <laughs> folks have actually been written in, and on the subject of Herbert, one thing that an especially sharp gentleman I've been sexing with, um, he was talking me through some of his auction strategy. He's really in on grabbing some of these rookie, um, some of these rookie pass catchers, especially that dude Quentin down there uh, in LA. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I love that move. Uh, especially because between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, it seems like there's always some lingering health concerns there. I just had to tout that one dude because I, you know, quite quite like that move. All right, so I'm in my I'm in my league now. I I, I take Jamar Chase and we're okay. Sure, you say cool, Joe. Yeah. All right, for the benefit of those watching on the YouTubes, I'm going to go to the draft page. And I'm going to share it here so you could see exactly where you say I go wrong. <laughs> so you're, we're okay. Chase goes one. Yeah, sure. That's I, what, have, have some fun. I get to the end of the second round. And I had all intents and purposes. I want to DJ more. Instead, I go Amari Cooper over more in a PPR format. My theory here, just like more lone target on a team. I do think Deshaun Watson's going to be better this year as long as he doesn't get himself suspended and all those other good things. If he stays out of trouble, I think Watson's going to be better. I think they'll be less Chubb dependent. And I think they'll I think that equals more for Cooper. Thought process flawed or I can see it. I mean, I'm always going to be thinking in terms of um your alternatives there. And I hear you on it would have been a stretch um to take DJ Moore there, some of those other guys again. Um, you know, you got to do the best with your hand you're dealt. This is a huge glaring example of why snake is so frustrating. You know, yes. like if you're, if you know that you're going to be reaching hardcore on a guy just cause it's the top of the third, I get not making a pick there that maybe you wanted to do. Cause it just, it feels so far divorced from that draft slot. That's that's why, man, Snake is just, it's tough. It's tough. So I, I understand what you're doing there, though. Who did you end up with at that 3-1? First pick, third round. Yeah. Now, I think you're going to tell me I should have gone quarterback here because I would have had my choice of quarterbacks other than Fields and Herbert. I went Darren Waller. I made the mistake of watching a, a, a preseason game 
and seeing the Giants throw every single route to Darren Waller. Man, I don't hate it because they do seem to be targeting the heck out of him. He is probably the guy that, aside from paying up for Kelsey... Um, and Kelsey was gone. Andrews yeah, was gone. So sure. it's not like I took Waller over the I, top two options. I... I get that. I'm actually kind of in uh, if, if for cheapy QBs on even Danny Jones. Uh, you know, I, I don't even remember how to pronounce the last name, but, you know, ex-Bills coach was his name. Dable. Dable, yeah. yeah. He's, he seems like he's doing good things there. He might just have it like that. Um, so I could see it for sure. Okay. What go? What has gone off the board after? Right you? after yeah. was Jalen Hurts. So someone breaks the quarterback seal there of the non-keepers. Goose Hurts, then there's Najee Harris, uh, Mahomes, Allen. So there's your quarterback run, Burrow. Uh, now, with Burrow gone, Burrow is kind of who I had in mind to pair, to stack yeah. with Chase, as instructed yeah, by you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we and I'm not sweating any of these guys <laughs> this, that are gone. Here's the problem. We get to the last pick of the fourth round, which is me, three picks before, excuse me, four picks before DJ Moore goes sure. off the board. And Moore, that's where I had targeted Moore. Yeah. Um, did you look at average draft position before this? No. Okay. So that's on me. I should have coached you. <laughs> because he was way down the queue. And, the I didn't, and I thought sure. people would just be so, going by the queue. So for anybody listening to this that still has drafts left to do, if you are stuck in Snake, um, one, thoughts and prayers, uh, get out next year. But two... Uh, go use average draft position. So what you can do is go to, I like fantasy, uh, fantasy football calculator. If you Google FF calc, um, you'll then see average draft positions. Um, and what you'll see there, it'll give you, you know, depending on your league type, full PBR, half point PBR standard, it'll just show you the current across thousands and thousands of drafts, the average draft position of uh, everybody to date. And you can even sort it by recency, right? So with this Jonathan Taylor news, he's dropping like a stone. You know, he's falling really, really far because he's going to be on the PUP list to open the year. So one of the things that you can do with the average draft position list is just have that up as you're drafting. Sure, the the board is going to give you a sense of generally what, you know, people are valued at. But I like having that ADP up so you can see for yourself how likely it currently is that somebody will make it to you or not. Um, it, All right, there was my mistake. There was one of my it's, mistakes. It's one of them, you know, I mean, and, and every draft room is different, but this is just a nice little hack, especially if you're thinking about, um, you know, nominating guys towards the end. Uh, it can be really helpful tool just to see based on ADP, some folks that might have slipped through through the cracks. All right. So let's real quick inform people. And if you're looking on YouTube right now, you see the number to text the king if you need actual help. 919-306-8598. That's 919-306-8598. And you can check out Groove Wagon at thatdamnwagon.com. For those who don't know, CBD Seltzers, the Groove Wagon. Delta 8. Delta eight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, it gives you a bus. <laughs> so if you check us out at that damn wagon, um, it's, you know, Raleigh's locale Cali sober beverage company. So for those of you who have some drafts coming up or really just generally kicking it, hanging out, uh, you know, you don't always have to choose booze to catch a buzz. 
microdose, sessionable, give you a nice little pleasing sensation. And you can order those online? Order those online. You can text in and order too. Okay. Um, also, you can go to places like Butcher's Market out and wait say, for Give me us. that cross promo, baby. Oh, love the cross promo. <laughs> uh, Pelagic and Riparian, State of Beer, Rochambeau, um, Luella's out in Durham. And also text me and let me know what bottle shops we should be in. Um, we're always trying to find the latest and greatest places to get into. Oh, Tasty. I got to shout out Tasty because the cool dude who was texting about uh, rookie wide receivers was like, oh man, I know Johnny over at Tasty. I'll go holler at him. So that's another great one. All right. Now I think this is where we go astray in my snake draft. Yeah. <laughs> Last pick of four, I go George Kittle because I can start to T.E.'s. A little galaxy brained man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, even as so you can start a ton of flexes in this, yeah. There's you can start a second tight end instead of a fourth receiver. Okay. Okay. So this is over the fourth and, receiver. And, and you are removing other good tight end options from the player pools. Correct. So I could trade potentially you could trade one of them. And, and also honestly it's just always nice part of the advantage of actually having good players uh at the onesie position especially tight end is man every single year tight end ends up becoming just a bleak wasteland so week in and week out you're going to be playing somebody who very likely has just Whatever they found under the couch. <laughs> I was going to say, as long as I'm not playing Kelsey or Andrews, I yeah. feel like I have an advantage at that position. And that's nice, man. Uh, if Especially if Waller and or Kittle, hell, a lot of people would well, Kittle with Purdy was yeah. back to old Kittle. That's Dude, what also influenced and me. And he definitely has that in his range of outcomes um, to have a pretty good campaign. So I don't hate that. Okay. Uh, I'm very curious what some of these other teams are, though, you know, because yeah. again, this is a market game, right? And, uh, that's actually a question I have for you. Because yeah. I, I end so I introduced to this group the idea of putting in a blind bid for the number one, for your pick, for your choice okay. of picks in the first round. So it used to be just an automated first round pick. And I said, hey, here's an easy way to, to add a little money to the pot. You make one bid. There's no, I don't outbid you. I just submit one bid. And if I get, if I bid $76, I ended up with the first pick, my choice of picks. I took the first overall pick, but I felt like I was in the wrong end of the draft. If, if you will, the guy who's best in this league, I'll, I'll show you his team. And, and he's the guy I kept looking at his team when he was picking going, I knew who he, who he was going to pick. Cause he's really good. And he wins this league regularly. And I was like, damn it. I wish I was there. He took Kel he took Kelsey with his first pick. Ah, uh, a culture. But he fella. had like, but he had like the seventh pick, and it's like, yep, you had the right pick. Um, Lamar Jackson is on his team. He has um, Diggs on his team. So I just felt like I was in the wrong spot all draft. D does that make any sense? Do it, you ever? It does make when you are in your 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 um. I mean, your snake world, which I don't think you are very dude, often. That, I mean, that's the thing, dude. And not to, not to bore the listeners who are like, but I am in snake. Right, so right. Shut up about auction. <laughs> but like, again, this is just such a good illustration of why the auction format is just vastly superior because with Jamar chase, when you're not bound to, you, you know, take players that you feel like, oh, well, I have to because he's not going to make it back to me when there's no such thing as, 
back to me. And it's just a question of how much do you like the guy? And, you know, another good example of this is the limitations of the number one pick that you're talking about. Those don't exist, right? Somebody could have gone well over uh, the most expensive bid to get what they thought of as the first place dude. Some people don't like having an early draft position precisely because um, it can kind of limit your flexibility having, you know, to always be the very back and the first. That can be frustrating to sit by in the room. I my just, preference is, sorry, forgive yeah, me. Yeah. My preference in Snake is almost always to have one of those middle positions okay, um, because it just feels like it gives me a little bit more comfortable optionality as opposed to feeling like, oh man, there's no chance that dude is going to make it back to me and paying up too much uh, for a guy that I like who otherwise I might've been able to get, um, especially in a flat year like this. And what I mean by a flat year is some years there is just no freaking doubt. There's a consensus. Number one, number two, number three, this year, there's a pretty clear tier. I'd say uh, we're starting to pay up a lot more for wide receivers. That's one of the macro trends is like, you'll see Justin Jefferson, Jamar in some order uh, one and two, you'll see Cooper cup, even with that hamstring injury really high up there. But also, it just feels like generally there's um, there's a lot of options you could see yourself doing in the the first half of the draft, which means it's usually an advantage to be a little bit later because you can let the the room decide for you who you're going to end up with. You know. All right. So before we get out of here, did I? You're okay with it's? I can start one running back in this league and only one running back, and I went with Miles Sanders. <sighs> There's a sigh. That is not uh, a sigh of approval. Dude, I'm, a Pan- I'm a Panthers <laughs> homer too. I really am. And they're gonna give they they're gonna give him a lot of carries. I think uh, this is the same guy who coached Jonathan Taylor. Which you know, and and <laughs> I, I do like showing firms back, especially if they see what he started to do in Philly and get him some of those um, pass catching routes. Also, for whatever reason, even with completely different coaching staffs, it does seem like the Panthers have been, you know, force feeding their dudes. A lot of that was Christian, but yeah, you know, some of this is pattern matching. It doesn't, it's not like the Jonathan Stewart years, uh, the Jonathan Stewart D'Angelo years play that much into what the current team is doing a decade later. But like, I don't know, maybe the Panthers do smash mouth it to protect Bryce a little bit. Maybe they get him involved. Yeah, in the they passing dump it game. Off exactly. Maybe. I know we're talking about a guy who hasn't had like more than 24 catches in a season, but yeah, uh, you know, just like, I'm fine with that. Uh, before we get out of here, that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I mean, it's all about the market, right? Like what are the other options that you could have had in there? I will say one thing that has come up in East coast overdose, one of the highest stakes leagues in the country, uh, quite frequently or not quite frequently a few times. And now there's a real drum beat is I put myself on a ledge for Travis Etienne. Um, I ended up paying pretty good money for him. Uh, some people see Tank Bigsby this preseason and are like, oh, he's going to take all that goal line work. That's why they got him. I, I'm i sticking my neck out here. Even if by ADP, you know, you feel like you're paying up at that fourth round, even end of third round. Some of the early analysis of preseason usage has started turning up pretty interestingly that if you look at the percentage of goal line carries he actually just got one with the starters last week um, and you look at what they're starting to do in terms of usage 
Tank got a lot of attention because he looked really good in the time he was playing. Sure. It's freaking preseason. I took Tank's spot. Tank like 11th fine. round. I'm not even knocking that. on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I like that as an out, but a lot of people are looking at Travis Etienne and being like, oh, he's going to be a between the 20s trap back. He's not going to uh, trap back just being somebody that doesn't get those high value touches. I don't know, man. I see the other way. And like, if this Jags offense is going to start hitting some of those ceiling outcomes, if Trevor takes a, a big step up and they really are looking nice, I I feel that that third, fourth round value um, that you'd be getting in Snake, I, I'm ending up with a ton of shares of him this year. Lord knows if that means anything. I sell weed for a living, but <laughs> but I'm starting to get pretty exposed to Travis Etienne. All right, Riley Dunn, thatdamnwagon.com. Text the king, man. Ask him. I didn't. I made a mistake. I got my first pick right. That was it. 919-306-8598. 919-306-8598. Wagon.com. Yeah, and go to that butcher's market. Yeah, Double wait tip. for us if you're out there, man. Cross out promote, there. baby. Yeah. Go get the Groove Wagon Seltzers, you will definitely enjoy them. And next week, I'm going to put out a little call. We'll get some people. We'll get a little start sit action. Love it. My favorite. And, and we'll it. get some daily fantasy lineup stuff for next week as well. Sure. We can talk core fours. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Riley. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate everyone out there for listening to Picks and Pizza. Download, subscribe, do all of those things. Please, five stars only. Positive vibes only. See you guys and enjoy your first weekend, a full, full weekend of college football.